Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It's June 1st, 2022. Um, as always, I'm talking to you from San Francisco on the west coast of the United States. It's a new month, but things don't seem to be changing in the United Kingdom as we we exiles call blighty. Another political crisis there. Boris Johnson apparently on his way out, seems to be on his way out for the last few years. Certainly, uh, he has the look and manner of a man uh, on his way out, imminently uh, to be replaced by somebody else. Um, lots of scandals, of course, associated with the royal family. This one with Prince Philip and his new wife, something to do with um, rewilding uh, agriculture. We've done lots of shows about what Philip Stevens, the Financial Times um, columnist, calls not so great Britain. Uh, he has a new book out, Britain Alone. Lots of books about this weird special relationship between the United States and the UK. It's an odd special relationship in which I think Americans tend to fetishize the British for stuff that hasn't really happened. Uh, whereas the British look up to the Americans and uh, it's not a special relationship that's very special or perhaps even much of a relationship. Um, Brexit, of course, represents the crisis of the current existential crisis of Britain, of what it wants to be in the 21st century. I've done lots of shows about that. One with the economic historian David Egerton. Lots of shows, of course, about Britain's historical crimes, one on their role in imperialism, lots of shows about Britain's role and responsibility in the historic and catastrophic slave trade. So what does Britain want to be when it grows up in the 21st century or perhaps when it grows down? Um, Tim Marshall, the noted geographer, was on the show. He's more of a defender of England. I think he believes Britain still has a role. I'm not so sure. Certainly one role Britain has is as a kind of museum, a monument of the past. Americans love their historic shows about Britain. Uh, Downton Abbey, for example. And my guest today has a new book out called Downton Shabby, one American's ultimate DIY adventure restoring his family's English castle. His name is Hopwood Dupre. He's talking to me from Michigan today. Uh, Hopwood, am I being unkind to Blighty, to the United Kingdom, and <laughs> writing it off as something that's absurd, like an old aunt that gets trapped in a room that sometimes gets wheeled out from time to time to entertain the guests? I love England. I really do. And I love the, the history there and the amount of heritage that's there. I mean, that's really why I'm there is to rescue a, you know, a centuries old building. Uh, and I, I just, I find that the history of it all be so important uh, that we, we hold on to that. So, um, so I, you know, I enjoy living over there. When you say, uh, Hopwood, hold on to history, what, what does that mean? Is, isn't history something that we should happily discard moving forward? Why would we want to ever hold on to history? Well, in my case, it you know dates back to a building 
that was built in the 1420s, perhaps even earlier. So, um, and that has been attacked over the years in the recent uh, past, over the last three decades, really, by vandals and thieves and really of, of uh, you know, this hall that was built. Um, many, many hands took to build it, many stories, you know, much happened there. And I just felt that it's important to preserve that and bring it back. And I think uh, that's why I've moved over there and am so involved in this. And there's also a tremendous passion within that community of people that want to see their heritage uh, and history restored and saved uh, for future generations to know what happened and uh, what what uh, the building was all about. Well, let's remind ourselves, um, uh, Hopwood, of this story. Um, you claim uh, that uh, this was a, a building uh, that, that's been in your family for a while, or certainly a few hundred years, Hopwood Hall, uh, hall outside the modern city of, of Manchester. Uh, how did you discover this? Did you grow up um, hearing stories of Hopwood Hall uh, when you were growing up in Michigan? I had heard some stories. Uh, you know, growing up with the name Hopwood was not uh, particularly easy. In fact, I hated the name and wanted to hide it as much as I could. My grandfather was also named Hopwood. He was very proud of the name. Uh, he was he was born and raised in a place called Hopwood, Pennsylvania, where uh, my ancestors had come over from England and helped found that town. And so I'd heard kind of fairy tale stories, you know, bedtime stories about this Hopwood castle that he was used to tell me about that existed in England. But I didn't really think it was a real place. Uh, I thought if it did exist, it probably had disappeared years ago, centuries ago. Um, so one night I was just kind of going through genealogy and scrolling through Google and looking around at things. And I came across this old black and white photo of Hopwood Hall. And I immediately you know, thought, oh my gosh, that's, that's the place. That's what he used to tell me about when I was a boy. So it was uh, exciting to see that. Uh, so I just, I sent an email just inquiring where was the hall? What state was it in? Uh, and they came back to me by the next morning because I was in Los Angeles. And they said they'd been looking for someone from the family to connect with. And when was I coming to England? So um, a short so time. Was there, um, so the hall was in radical disrepair. Is that fair? Yes. When you, very when, when you uh, were approached, did you buy it? Uh, no, it's still owned by the council. Uh, the, 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 the two uh, sons were both killed in World War I in duty, uh, as, as well as 24 uh, people who worked there at the estate. All of them were wiped out. And so the aging parents really were distraught with grief, but also couldn't uh, keep up the hall on their own. So they moved out. And so it really sat vacant for many years and then was used again in World War II for wartime efforts. And then it, monks moved in for a while, but they left about 30 years ago. So during that 30 years, it M fell. Monks, you mean sort of like squirrels or something? Or what do you mean they moved monks, in? Monks, monks. Uh, uh, no, no, I understand. But did they turned it into a monastery or they just lived yes, there? Yes, they did it as a teacher training college. So the monks lived in the hall and then they had uh, students coming in to 
learn uh, a Catholic training college is what they called it and, and ran it that way for many years and quite successfully as well. So um, I'm looking at the map, Hopwood. I mean, it, it's the hall is is basically in, in Greater Manchester. I mean, it's not what it's not what Americans think of when they think of Downton Abbey in the middle of the countryside. Is that fair? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it's seven miles outside of Manchester city center. So it's very close. Um, uh, but seven miles in England is a long way. Uh, so it is. What, it, what do you it, mean? Seven miles in England is a long way. Well, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's considered a long way. I mean, the, you're in, uh, there's countryside, there's rolling hills of green belt, and it's absolutely beautiful out there. Uh, but you, you know, you're very close to the city there where you can get in and out of the city. So I, th- I think it's a perfect location because you wouldn't believe when you're out there that you're just, uh, you're just a short distance from a major, major city. When, when you discovered this family heirloom, if that's the right word to put it, did it occur to you that this was in the origins of the Industrial Revolution where modernity was born? What, what, what's the history of this hall? I know you cover it in, in your book. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it goes back even further. You know, the the land was probably occupied potentially as early as 1066 and, and before that. Uh, we don't know. What we do know for well, sure. When you say the land was occupied, what do you mean? Well, occupied by the Hopwood family. It's thought oh, that, that would have been unlikely that they just would have built a hall there out of the blue yeah. in the 1800s. They probably were there before. But the, we dendrodated the wood to the 1420s. So we know the hall was constructed around that time. Uh, and so it has a, a long a long sense of history. And in the 1700s, more people worked on the estate, which was originally about 5,000 acres, uh, than, than lived in the town of Middleton. So it was a, is an economic driver in that area. A lot of people depended on it. Uh, and, and so nowadays, you know, hundreds of years later, it still has a deep connection to the community for that reason, that, that uh, many people feel that their own ancestry and their own heritage uh, directly relates to the hall. Much of the history of modern socialism and working class solidarity and identity was born in that part of England, particularly in Manchester, did have you found much evidence of, of class struggle associated with uh, Hopwood Hall, with resistance of farm workers or industrial workers against the owners of the hall? What I love about the hall and the history that I've dug into is the the family was incredibly welcoming to the community, and there's accounts of uh, large Christmas parties that they would hold in the hall and invite the entire community, uh, the people that worked at the hall, the people that helped run the hall, uh, because so many of these homes are, you know, they weren't just for the family. They were a touchstone for the entire community. Um, And there's evidence of that, and which is what we tried to bring back um, a few years ago before the pandemic. We did the first Christmas party in 100 years uh, at the hall and did exactly that. We just followed what they had been doing and invited the community. And it was a spectacular event and look forward to continuing to do that as we go forward. So the the locals response was very enthusiastic, very positive in terms of reopening the old house. Very much so. It's, uh, you know, we have, we have a gardening club that comes out, which really grew uh, during the pandemic. People were looking for outdoor activities and, you know, we had to stop our construction on the hall 
And that's really when we saw the community kick in in a high gear where they said, well, we don't want the hall to fall back into disrepair. We have a rake and we have a shovel and we have a hoe. We can go out there and, and start on the gardens. And that's exactly what they did. And they've transformed uh, many of the gardens that were covered in you know, decades of, of mud and bramble and overgrowth. And they've cleared them out and gotten them back to a place that they can enjoy once again. And they're very proud of. So I, I'm just thrilled to see the involvement of the community, whether it's something like a Christmas party or uh, something like, uh, you know, reopening the gardens. And, and hopefully that's the way this entire project will continue, as that's part of the end goal is to uh, make it very much a community touchstone once again. You have a, a new uh, website, uh, Hop, uh, Hopwood Hall Estate. What, what are the economics of this? Are you raising grants from the government? Um, what, what, how do you make this viable? Well, uh, we went through a viability study just to see if reopening the hall with uh, you know, an end use would be would even be an option. And that's where having Greater Manchester so close, uh, having a major uh, city center and major international airport so close really helps us. Uh, we are very um, accessible. And so to reopen it as an events venue, um, of course, doing art and culture, tours, community activities, but then again, also looking at uh, things like weddings and corporate retreats, things that will help us to fund it and to keep the lights on. Uh, England's also very good about uh, supporting their heritage uh, buildings. So there's uh, organizations like Historic England and the National Lottery Heritage Fund, which provide grants to rescue and renovate these buildings. So we've been working closely with them and actually are in a, a major wave of works right now under a Historic England grant. Hopwood, was it about Britain that makes certain Americans like yourself so starry-eyed, so romantic, so nostalgic? Why do you think um, you and, and, and many other Americans have fallen in love with your heritage, which is very distant? I mean, you grew up in Michigan, you went to USC, you trained as an actor. It's very foreign to your life. Yeah. Well, I, I, for me, it was a sense of history. I know I've always, I've always liked history, been interested in it. Did you major in history at USC? Uh, no, no, but I did enjoy those classes, and even in high school, I liked, you know, I liked history classes. Uh, but I think, for me personally, as I, you know, as I describe in the book, I was just at a point in my life where I was looking for a change. I had recently gone through the death of my father and my grandfather in a short distance of time. And I was really searching for something um, to wonder where I was headed in life. And at that point, like many people looking into their, their genealogy, the past is something that's certain and it's there. It's, uh, is it know. really though? Um, I mean, isn't the past always invented? We, we, we've done lots of shows on that. Did one with Colette Brooks, the author of Trapped in the Present Tense. On the dangers of misremembering our past, she writes a lot about how Americans don't really remember anything. Do you think that memory is accurate? Well, I, I mean, I can only go by the records that that are there. But, uh, you know, we're finding centuries old uh, handwritten records in the basement of a church with, uh, you know, items scrolled in there, births and deaths and christenings and uh, signatures from my ancestors and their stories. And uh, to me, 
that was really felt certain at a time where I felt uncertain about the future, about where things were headed. It felt like something I could reach out and touch and connect with the past. And that, that at that point for me personally was something that I very much needed. And I think a lot of people are like that. I think a lot of people, especially in these trying times and this, um, you know, we don't know where we're all headed. And, uh, I think that's, that's one of the reasons people, uh, get into looking at the past. So you're a different man now, Hopwood, from the pre-Downton shabby Hopwood. Uh, are you happier? Is life richer, more meaningful because you've rediscovered your past? I think so, yes. I mean, I was definitely seeking something, definitely looking for some direction. Which, which I is very Los Angeles. I mean, you could have found something else. You could have got a dog or a lover or absolutely. taken up painting or something. I Absolutely. But I tried a lot of those things and they weren't. It wasn't quite. <laughs> Even the dog, Hopwood? Even right. the dog? Or a cat? Or a uh, child? I had, I had many dogs and cats, yeah, growing up. But uh, but yeah, and I still would like to get a dog. I'm not, I'm not saying it's the end all be all. But for me, walking into Hopwood Hall, it, it suddenly felt like a direction of something that I could do, that I could help. It's something I could leave behind, you know? And they said when I went into the hall, if nothing was done within five to 10 years, it would turn to rubble and be lost forever. And I thought, well, if I happen to be the hopwood on earth that can actually do something and is in a position to do something and I'm here right now, then I have to. And it gave me a, a purpose and something to focus on and a project to, to work on. And, and, and you need to be, you know, I'm, uh, I'm throwing some tough questions at you, but I think you need to be applauded because this thing would have fallen into complete disrepair had it not been for you, I assume. It would still look like this for people watching. And now it's been redone. It's a very attractive place for weddings, for nostalgia, for rethinking the past. So I think you should be really congratulated Thank on you. that. What about uh, Hopwood, this special relationship? We talked about it at the beginning. Some of us are slightly skeptical of this so-called special relationship between the United States and the United Kingdom. Ian Baruma, for example, my old friend, even wrote a book about it. Do you think there's a special relationship between the U.S. and the U.K.? You clearly, in a sense, have lived it. You clearly have very warm relations with the locals of, of Hopwood Hall. You know, I find that people in all the places that I've traveled, um, which are limited, but the places that I've gone, I find that most people are quite genuine and quite welcoming and uh, and friendly. And you mean so, in the UK and in, uh, in, in, just in general, just in just in general, in the places that I've gone, uh, I, I find that, yeah, people are, are good people. Most most of the places that I've been. Um, and I and I find uh, the UK to be the same warm and welcoming and uh, very much a connection with the people there that I talk to from all different cultures. You know, UK has people from all over the world coming and living there. Um, so I, I, I think it's, I think it's just people in general. I just, I happen to be in England and I do enjoy it there and I'm having a very good experience and, uh, and I like it. Have you given much thought to the darker side? And I use that word carefully of, of English history, colonialism. We've done shows about how the British looted India, obviously Britain's role in the slave trade is enormously important. Is this something that concerns you in 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 turning british history into a kind of nostalgia i mean no. i'm not i'm not claiming that your ancestors or hopwood 
Paul is responsible for any of that. But we've done a lot. We did a show a couple of days ago with German writer about German sins of the past. The British perhaps don't rival the Germans, but they also have a hall of shame when it comes to all the, the peoples they've exploited and looted through colonialism and so on. Well, I was very uh, proud to read about how the people of North Manchester, in particular in the Rochdale borough where uh, Hopwood Hall is located, how behind, uh, you know, they were anti-slave trade and how behind uh, Abraham Lincoln they were, sending him supplies during the Civil War. Uh, when Abraham Lincoln was assassinated in his front pocket, I believe, was a letter from John Bright, who uh, was from that area. Uh, mm. and, uh, so so I, I'm very encouraged that uh, people were, were supportive of what's right. Um, of course, anything, there's been tremendous, um, horrific things that have happened in history. And I think we just have to learn from those and move forward in a way that uh, those will never be repeated again. Britain, and particularly the, the greater Manchester area and, and, and Northwest England, is remarkably diverse now. Um, uh, I, as I said, I had Sathnan Sangera on the show, the FT journalist of Indian descent. Many peoples from South Asia, from um, from uh, from uh, from Africa, and now increasingly from uh, Eastern Europe. Did that strike you that? That the the neighborhoods around uh, Hopwood Hall were, were much more diverse culturally, ethnically, than they would have been when your ancestors first came over. I loved it. I mean, I just think it's I think it's great. Uh, you know, I think that's what's exciting about England, uh, Manchester, and London. They're melting pot, and uh, mm. and yeah, I mean, I think people have different conceptions before you travel anywhere of what it's going to be like. But uh, to me, that's that's a big bonus to have it be a real melting pot and uh, to meet a lot of different cultures. You know, if you're in one country, it doesn't mean you can't learn about other countries. Well, and Manchester, of course, has an enormous, enormously vibrant cultural history, music history in particular recently. So there's a lot of stuff going on in Manchester. I'm guessing you've you've spent some uh, fun evenings in Manchester. Yep. <laughs> it still is a good music scene. Definitely. Are you going to go and live there, Hopwood? I mean, I know you're in Michigan at the moment on book tour, but do you consider now Downton Shabby, Hopwood Hall to be essentially your home? Are you going to relocate? Well, I've been there full time for uh, since end of 2017. Uh, it, it does feel like home there, but also I love the United States. You know, I miss it when I come back over here. I see friends and family and uh, so I'd like to find a, a even balance where I'm kind of going back and forth. Um, it's much easier, I think, to manage things from afar than it was even a few years ago. So, um, no, I, I would never say goodbye to the U.S., but uh, I think I, I, I would like to find that that balance of being between the two. Is there anything you've learned? I mean, you the America you left is a very different America from today, a very divided America. America uncomfortable with itself, America that some people believe is on the verge of civil war, perhaps even involved in civil war. Is there anything that Americans can learn from this long, long history of, of, of England? I mean, yeah, any any country that's older, there's certainly a lot that can be learned from it. Um, 
I think, you know, I think it's a state of the world more than just America. I, I, that's the one thing is, you know, I'm hearing about politics over here in the U.S., but then you hear a similar kind of story over in the U.K. and other places you go. It's, it's, uh, it, I think it's worldwide um, what's going on right now. Um, but I think, uh, like I said before, you know, wherever I travel, including coming back to America, I think people are generally uh, good people and that people want the best for each other and want the best for the future for everyone. And where do uh, you get your, uh, you're, you're a delightfully optimistic person. Hopefully. <laughs> Actually very much out of keeping with England where people tend to be <laughs> cheerful pessimists. Where does your optimism come from? What, what, what keeps you, you're probably the most cheerful, optimistic person I've ever had on the show. What is really? it? <laughs> and it's a very attract and, and I mean it in the best sense, a very attractive oh. quality. Is it something that was just born with you? I don't know. I mean, you know, my, my parents are both uh, optimistic and I guess try to try to always look for the best in any situation or in anybody. Maybe uh, you're quintessentially, and I, and I don't want to put you in boxes, uh, quintessentially American, Midwestern, certainly uh, <laughs> in your upbringing in Michigan. It could be. Michigan was a great place to grow up. And uh, West Michigan, where I'm from, it's, you know, it's still just, it's, um, it's such a thrill to be here now. It, uh, it definitely is a, um, people have, a, have a, a positive mindset here, I think. And uh, it's nice to be around that. I think well, we can't, wait, wait, sorry, go on. I'm just saying, I think, you know, positive attitude can really helps to, to get things done. So I think I just try to always gravitate toward that. Well, we can't finish our discussion on Downton Shabby, one American's ultimate DIY adventure, restoring his family's English castle. I'm sure it's going to be a TV show. Down, I was going to call you Downton Hopwood, uh, and you're going to become a, a very well. You're already quite a well-known figure. You've been on the Today Show. Lots of press on this. We we can't end without a mention of the great Lord Byron, who apparently stayed at the hall at the end of September uh, 1811. Is he the most famous person, Lord Byron, to have ever stayed in the hall? I wonder if he brought his daughter, Ada Lovelace, uh, who invented computer software. We've done some shows about Ada. Right. Yeah, I don't know. That would be interesting to look into. Uh, it's had a long string of, of quite famous people that have, have been thought to have visited there. Um, you know, Guy Fox is quite famous in England. I don't know how many. Very people. famous. He was. The, he's the man we burn every November yeah. the fifth. Yeah. So he he the, was the uh, gunpowder plot. He he tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament. If there's one night, one moment in the history of Hopewood Hall uh, 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 that you uh, Hopewood that you you could go back to, what would it be? One event you could relive that. Go back in history. I think probably the building of the hall would be amazing to see. I mean, now we can see the timbers are still in the walls dating the 1420s. I, I, and you can see the X marks in them and the hand forged nails and initials carved into them. And I just think that it, it almost comes alive as it is in my mind when I look at it, touch it. So I, it would be incredible to be there to see the people that actually built the hall and what was going on in that, uh, that time. Well, if you want to relive the past, you can't go back. Unfortunately, none of us can, for better or worse. But you can, um, uh, you you can read uh, Hopwood's wonderful new book. Uh, um, where is it? Here we have it. Um, Downton Shabby, 
One American's Ultimate DIY Adventure Restoring His Family's English Castle. It's just out. I think it's going to be a bestseller. I think there's going to be a a series of television shows about it. Congratulations, Hopwood. Uh, I think it's a wonderful achievement, both in what you've done, in your general cheerfulness, very un-English, but very... Very commendable. And uh, in the book, congratulations. Anything else uh, on your reading table these days in addition to Downton Shabby? Are you reading all these old English novels? Who's your favorite English writer? That's a very good question. And I I have to uh, be honest with you and tell you that between writing the book and renovating the house, I really haven't had a chance to read anything recently. Um, So it's been a bit a bit challenging but hopefully uh i'm going to get through this uh summer and then i think i should have a little bit of a break and there's a number of books that i'm hoping to uh, brush off and read uh, over the holidays 